Hey everybody, how you guys doing? This is Jay Carter, back after about almost a year of not recording on my podcast. I can't believe that much time has passed. I was busy doing some wine certifications, and I uh, just got a little busy. Uh, didn't mean it to go that way. It just the way it goes. I was doing some uh, Court of Master Sommelier uh, certifications as well as some um, uh, Wine Spirit Education Trust. And I just got busy with those. I figured I've been drinking since I was a kid, and I may as well actually have the paper to back it up, besides the education in college um, and, and everywhere else. So I, I don't know if the college one really counts. I mean, you just kind of read it, sniff, and scratch, sniff, whatever. So it's ironic. I, I did a I did a thing on, on Instagram, and I asked everyone to put a poll out there what they want to hear about, white wine or, or red wine. And I got 100%... Um, not that many people, I mean, so out of 79 people that answered, 100% said red wine. Nobody went for the white wine, and that kind of surprised me a little bit. But it is what it is. So I'm going to go over some really basic stuff that I've, I've done in the past. And, and don't get me wrong, some of you guys are going to call in or email me later saying, hey, asshole, why didn't you talk about this one and this one? So I, I, there, I'm just going to go over a few basics, and I'll delve into some more. And uh, I'm actually popping something in my head right now as I'm talking about Anyways, one of the things I wanted to say was probably one of the ones that we know the most is going to be the Cabernet Sauvignon, which is that big, high tannin, uh, expensive, uh, for the most part, can be mostly expensive, uh, wine that we, we've all heard of. And if you've drank a red wine, you've probably had a Cabernet Sauvignon. And it's the one you're going to hear about the most. Or if you're going on a date, you're like, yeah, I'll have the Cabernet Sauvignon. So uh, I'm just going over these quickly. Um, but basically, I, I think that's a high tannin wine, um, great with a ribeye steak, grilled meat, T-bone. Uh, if it, there's some marbling, you got that, that, that oil, that grease, that natural fat that's going to cut through that tannin and vice versa. You know, you're going to, you know, have that dry wine and you're going to have that big juicy piece of steak that's going to, you know, they just complement each other. It's just uh, nothing like it. However, a filet mignon, no way, I won't do it. Which brings me to the next one, uh, which would be Merlot. And what I love about a Merlot, it's still a, a darker fruit, sometimes a little bit of chocolate. Some people say they get leather out of it. Uh, in my um, quartermasters, I heard people saying, oh, there's, I smell leather and pencil sharpener and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that was a French wine. But uh, hey, they got it. I didn't. That's probably why they're moving on and I'm not, uh, do I see myself BMS? Probably not if I can't figure out the pencil shavings. So I had to take a drink of my uh, Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand that I love. Um, anyhow, so with the filet mignon, I'd really go with the, uh, the Merlot. I think that's a, it's a, just a great wine. Nice and smooth, a little bit more silky. And I think it really got a, a bad rap because of the movie Sideways, which the guy said, I don't know fucking Merlot. And the reason why he, he doesn't want Merlot, if he read the book, is it reminds him of his wife who left him, or his ex-wife, and she loves Merlot. And so when he drinks Merlot, it reminds him of her, but they don't talk about that in the movie. And I think it really, you know, gave a Merlot a black eye. It's, it's, it's a really good wine. It's nice and smooth, silky, like I said. Um, and generally speaking, speaking, for the most part, if you guys are, are side a little side note off of what I was going to do, but um, if, if you're talking about Bordeaux, if you're doing left bank, left bank is typically Cabernet Sauvignon intense, usually an 80-20 blend. I know they go down 
less, someone's going to correct me, I'm sure. I think it's 60, 40 max, but um, they, it's usually a, a Cabernet Sauvignon uh, based wine on left bank Bordeaux and right bank is typically Merlot and it's usually 80-20 blend being Merlot and 20% Cab. So if you're not, if you're more uh, of a Merlot centric person, go right bank Bordeaux. You can go into a Total Wine or Bevmo and say, hey, I'd like to have a, you know, a right bank Bordeaux and they'll, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Or if you know a little more cab, go with you don't you know go with the left bank. You don't have to go into the first five growths unless you're looking at spending a lot of money, which I'll leave for another day as well. So I'm gonna stop on that one. Another basic, the three basics I would call is Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Pinot Noir. And we all know Pinot Noir or Pinot Noir. Um, really light, uh, red fruit based. Uh, some people say you know jammy. Um, but it's it's really good one, easy going, simple, easy to drink, goes really well. I, I mean, I personally like it with pork chops. Although every time I've said pork chops, people say pork chops. I haven't had pork chops in ever. Do people still have pork chops? I'm like, yes, there's still pork, and they still like pork chops. And I like a thick cut pork chop, that saltiness and a little bit of pepper, maybe a little bit of rosemary, but uh, Pinot Noir and uh, and pork, I think, are just pretty good together as well as Riesling and Auslesa but those are two whites that I'll talk about another day but um as far as red goes I mean red you know chicken can you know white meats like chicken and pork I think are really good with a Pinot Noir um, it's, it's really light easy going and it's one of those ones you can it could be a drinking wine just a, a nice drinking sipping sitting and talking with someone wine as well and so those are the three big ones you're always going to see and so I think of it almost like t-shirts, small, medium, and large, or, or light, medium, and dark. Same thing goes, light being Pinot Noir, medium being Merlot, and uh, Cabernet being the, uh, the dark, or the extra large. Also, a side note on this one, I'm going off of, I have my little notes, but a little sidebar. Pinot Noir, if you also want to find a, another cheaper version, and I'm sure if there's a, I'm going to have a French wine guy all pissed off again. But that's what I do. I love doing it. Uh, go with Pinot Nero, Pinot Nero, uh, which is Noir in uh, Italian. But I mean, Nero in Italian, Noir in, in uh, French. Pinot Nero. Uh, still, you're gonna have another nice Pinot Noir, but from Italy, and it'll save you a lot of money. And not as well known over here in America. And it's one of those things I think I get good values out of, and I can I can buy a lot of it because nobody nobody really. It's interesting that they like the California Pinots and the French. Um, so it's one of those ones you might want to look out for is a Pinot Nero from Italy. And then I'm going to go on to some others, which is another one I like, which is a darker berry type fruit, a dark berry, uh, full bodied, um, not quite as you know tannic as a Cabernet, obviously, but still a little some tannin. Depends on the makers and where it's made from and what the barrels aged in and so on and so forth and all the tricks of the trades and whatever. But there's a Syrah. I, le I love a Syrah or Shiraz in Australian. Same thing. Australian Shiraz, America and everywhere else in the world, Syrah. Um, good. Another good one. I also would. I, I mean, I like personally a Syrah with, gosh, spaghetti. I know. Well, I shouldn't say that. I take that back. That's totally, 
that's my kind of spaghetti, but that's because I have a, a sausage that I use a sweet sausage. I like it with the hot sausages, spicy sausage. So forget that, just uh, strike that one. But anyway, nice Syrah, uh, deep, dark tannin, uh, dark berry fruit, delicious. Uh, then you have the Zinfandels, of course. Um, Sonoma makes some great Zinfandel. I'm trying to think of a family. I think it's called the Marion family, Marion. Mariana, Marion family in uh, Sonoma that makes a pretty good Zin. And uh, what can I say about it? It's another, another delicious one. Uh, darker fruit again, darker red fruit, pepperiness going on, a little bit of bell pepper, pretty tasty. And now we're going to go on to another one of my, gosh, I, got, I think they're all my favorites. I, I don't know there's a wine that I hate. I don't have one really. Uh, well, yeah, regions maybe, but anyways, uh, Grenache. Another delicious wine. People will see in a, in a GSM, maybe a Grenache Syrah, Mavedra blend. I, I know I there's this uh, guy I did some work for, and uh, well, yeah, no. you don't have nothing nice to say, right? So anyway, uh, he loved GSMs, although he didn't know what a GSM stood for. But anyways, Grenache, another great wine, another darker wine, uh, red fruit and 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 dark berry fruit. Uh, Great with, again, the dark meats, uh, New York steak. I can see it going with that pretty well. And uh, if you want to get another good little side note here, another uh, good buy is Garnacha from Spain. Same thing, Grenache in English, Garnacha in Spanish. And the Garnacha Rioja is, you know, some of the top ones you're going to be having in the world. And for literally half the price, you can get one, a simple Garnacha at Trader Joe's probably I don't know, don't quote me, but 10 to 14 bucks, I guess, um, here at least in America, California. Another one that's a big, bold one that, that goes well with uh, up in there with the Cabernet Sauvignon range, but probably needs a little bit more uh, uh, relaxed time is the Barolo from Italy. And I don't want to go too much into Barolos because there's this whole thing about using a barrique and uh, a lot of newer places are some people changed over. Um, and they started using the uh, the oak barrels, and so uh, that's a whole nother ball game, it, it, which is actually giving me an idea, which is segueing into something else. Where I think I actually might have to just do uh, just every single day or every podcast, I'm gonna just go onto one freaking wine because just one kind of wine, like a Barolo, there's so much to talk about, so much content on there, and I, I might be bringing some other people on here to to talk on the podcast with me and, and uh, give you more uh, insight into all the different wines. But I think I'm just going to go over every single uh, wine that's out there, every single grape varietal, um, one region at a time and and one grape at a time. I mean, that might be the way to go. It depends on what you guys want to hear. So let me know. Give me some feedback. Leave me messages, you know, and uh, if you have something you want to ask or, or you want to tell me about or educate me about, by all means, you know, let me know. We'll put you on the air or something. Uh, what else? Uh, I'm not going to go too much into Italian wines because there is so many Italian wines. The one quick thing I will say about Italian wine is that um, it's it is uh, uh, I I think it's more food friendly. I mean, this is just I'm just speaking from experience and from I think uh, the way the world has always looked at it is Italian wines have always been done with food. 
where an American wine tends to be fruit forward, something you can just enjoy talking. Uh, like I heard last week in my tasting group, a veranda wine. Oh, this tastes like a veranda type wine. And they were talking about how they have a veranda type wines out there. And, and, and it's true. I mean, there's this, right now I'm drinking a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. It's something that I, I it's one of my go-tos daytime, warm day, sunny California, Los Angeles. I, I like their easy tasting easy tasting wine so there's those veranda wines those talking wines and i think california does a great job at that australia does too with their syrahs as well and their their different blends um but food for per se i would do i always would love to go with italian uh french you know it just depends uh, french that's a whole new ball game too and it's just a whole ball of wax and i think i'm just gonna have to go over region over region and I do it that way. And then the one that I wasn't planning to talk about, but I think I'm going to uh, speak about today is the Gamay grape. And typically when you think of Gamay, I, I see it in places where it says Gamay, but not too often. Uh, but what it's mostly known for, it's a really thin skin grape, um, better known in, in um, France as uh, Beaujolais. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite wines. Um, I don't know why it's my favorite wine. I don't. I couldn't tell you. It's a really light wine. It's kind of like a Pinot Noir, um, but it's a lot lighter. Very friendly. Very easygoing. Very approachable. Um, especially if you're a white wine drinker and you want to move into trying some red wines, try a Beaujolais. Um, there's three different classifications. Typically, there's the Beaujolais Nouveau, there is Village, and there's uh, Cru Beaujolais or Beaujolais Cruz. Um, I've had all three, of course. Uh, I shouldn't say of course, but had all three. Nouveau is, uh, is it comes out right after uh, they basically harvest and then they turn it, you know, make turn it into wine, vinify, whatever you want to say, bottle, label, cork, whatever, screw cup nowadays. Who knows? But it's basically ready to go by Thanksgiving. It's ready within 30, uh, 30 days, four to six weeks. It's ready to go. It's in the bottle and they're sending it out. It's going all over the place, and it, it's one of those ones that they have it just in time for Thanksgiving. If you want to think of a good wine that's fairly cheap in price, and you can serve a lot of it, and it's light, and it's going to go really well with that turkey, Beaujolais Nouveau, really fruit forward, fruity, almost tastes like you're drinking grape juice, and it's like, really, is this wine? What the hell is this? And Beaujolais Nouveau, by hands down, Thanksgiving, I think everyone kind of knows that, but if you don't, you, know, you just learn something. I know a lot of us don't like to say what we learn something new, but Beaujolais Nouveau, I only drink that during Thanksgiving time, uh, you know, uh, November. Um, my, my personal uh, favorite is the Beaujolais Village, and <laughs> my guilty pleasure is uh, In-N-Out Burger. I like the 3x3 three three protein style, but I like the uh, in uh, basic In-N-Out Burger. It's not basic, it's a 3x3, three three. Uh, but a 3x3 three three protein style with a Beaujolais Village. It has a, a cotton candy type of type on the nose, and it's just really light. It's it's cutting through again with that that typical fat from that cheese and that and the greasiness of that, that burger. Sounds horrible. Uh, I gotta go to the gym just thinking about it. Uh, but it, it's just but it's slightly sweet, but not overpowering sweet. It's not a it's it's actually it's high acid. It's not a it's not a like a sweet as in sugar. But that acidity that's coming up, which I'll explain in another segment, but um, the high acid makes it almost taste like a refreshing 
drink and it's a refreshing beverage so it it, it complements the burger well and it's not too expensive again you could get a, a Beaujolais village I'm not gonna go super cheap but I'll say you know eight dollars to 14 bucks and if I'm eating a five dollar burger I'm not exactly wanting to spend I don't want to spend forty dollars on my damn wine but I'm not gonna drink a forty dollar wine three dollar wine with a five dollar burger I'm gonna drink an eight dollar wine with my five dollar burger and it goes pretty well. And it's just, it's friendly, it's approachable, it's light, it's not overpowering, and it's something you guys might want to go with. And the last one's the, the, the crew, uh, which is the, the higher end, uh, Beaujolais, the highest end. But I, I don't think it's, it's really a couple years, few years, two to five years, I believe is max, which you want to go with that. Uh, if there's a, they're not big aging wines. I think I have one, Village. I'm trying to look for my cellar from here, and it looks like I have one that's a 2015. And that's pretty much that's pushing it. I might have to have that tonight. I have a tasting group tonight, but maybe tomorrow I'll have an in that burger. That's right by my gym. So um, yeah, that sounds good. I don't like to I don't like to age that wine. That's just a that's a buy off the shelf. Drink it tonight. Drink it within the next six months. I pick it up whenever I can. I go to the grocery store, whether it's you know Trader Joe's or wherever else. I'll go in there. And if I'm buying some quick things for dinner or whatever, I'm going to grab a couple bottles of the, the Village and uh, the Beaujolais. And it's just a good go-to simple drinking wine. Um, it's not extravagant. And I'll, I'll get off that soapbox. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess a side note to my side note is there's actually a Beaujolais Blanc, which I was actually surprised neither WSET or Court of Master Sommelier talked about uh, the Beaujolais Blanc. Uh, but typically, that's just a Chardonnay grape. Um, Beaujolais comes out of Burgundy, uh, France, the Bourgogne area. Usually, uh, some parts of it go into uh, Macanois or Macanay. I can never say that right. right I never took French, but uh, um, but Chardonnay they they also call uh, Beaujolais Blanc, and uh, that's its little side name. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I did learn at uh, the the courts is. Uh, I think they can only grow like 10% of their vineyard can be Chardonnay. So it's not like a, a crazy amount that you're going to see over here in America. Uh, but I have had it. I've seen it a couple places and I've, had, I've bought it and drank it. And I was like, this tastes like a Chardonnay. Then later on, I found out through proper education. Yeah, it was a effing Chardonnay. So there's a, yeah, the Beaujolais Blanc. And there's also, uh, you can get Beaujolais Rosés, although I've never had one in America. I only had it in France. Um, and I've had it maybe two or three times. Very, very light. I honestly couldn't tell the difference between the Blanc and the Rosé at that time. But then again, that was uh, 18 years ago, so it's been a long time. And I've learned a little bit since then. Uh, but anyways, I'm going to leave it at that for today. That's uh, my 20 minutes of uh, BSing. It's good to get back on the air. I might be having a, a few guests, some in the uh, dessert industry, some in the sake industry. Uh, I'm learning about sakes in my next course, my next level, and uh, doing a lot of spirits lately. I've been drinking a lot of whiskeys. And uh, if you guys want to talk about something else about the whiskeys or scotches and, and educate me on that stuff, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm a level two at, at WSET with when it comes to spirits. So still learning about those. I'm not, not the best on them. Uh, I, I could tell you different areas of Scotland and all that kind of good stuff, the basics. But I'm not, I, I know when something's peaty, and that's about it, some smokiness. 
Uh, my brother likes him smoky. I'm not too much. Maybe I'll have him on here to talk about spirits. He's a spirit guy. Um, anyway, so that's it for today. And leave me some messages. Maybe we'll do some collaborations. And I'll talk to you later. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead and check out my Instagram, hashtag jcartermedia. And uh, let me know what you guys think. Let me give me some advice. Let me know what you guys want to hear about, talk about next time. And I'll leave a message soon. Take care.